It's an incredible story of God working in this family's life. Um, they, they didn't know for sure that their daughter would even live. The doctors told her to abort this pregnancy, and she um, actually was born, but then had a bunch of different other effects in her life, and it looked like she was going to die again, and God again resurrected her life. It's an, it's an incredible story. We'll put that online for you so you can see it um, a little bit later. But at the end of the video, um, there, she makes this statement. She says, we are not guaranteed one more heartbeat this experience has been a gift, and it has changed our perspective to live in the present and to be so grateful for each and every day. It's, a, it's an interesting thing, and I wish we could show you the, the, the video here, but how many of you, can I just see your hands? How many of you love Christmas? Can I just see your hands here? So how, how many of you kids are excited that tomorrow's Christmas, finally? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was one of those kids too. I was one of those obnoxious ones that my parents could hardly handle. I was the one who would get up at three o'clock in the morning and go wake up my sisters and start unwrapping presents. So I uh, love all things Christmas. I love every aspect of it. I love the crowds. I love the hustle and bustle. I love the smells of Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? The cookies and the candies being made. I love all of the lights. And we went to Fredericksburg last night in Johnson City. I, I just love all the aspects of Christmas. But Obviously, for me, the thing that I enjoy the most is the reason that we celebrate this season. And I think it gets lost a lot of time in the busyness of the Christmas time. I don't know about you, but this Christmas just kind of snuck up on me. My life was just a little bit crazy this year, and all of a sudden, before I realized it, it was Christmas. I had three weeks of things going on every single night until last night. Last night was my first night that I didn't have anything, and so the, for the very first time, our family were able to go out and actually kind of enjoy this season. You, you may have that type of um, life or situation that's been going on in, in maybe this Christmas for, for you, and I want to kind of bring something together to kind of give you a little bit of focus, because I want to ask you the question, what does it mean to have peace in your current moment? What does that mean for you? What does it mean to have peace in this current moment of your life? I mean, in the world in which we live that is so radically shifting around us, what does it mean to have peace in this moment? In a world where everything is uncertain, what does it mean to have peace in this moment? In, in a world where there's no guarantee of your next heartbeat, what does it mean to have peace in this moment? I want you to look at this, the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, 
which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. I don't know if you have a picture in your head of that very first Christmas nativity. But I think most of us, we have some sort of idea of what that looked like. And when you look at those Christmas nativity pictures, it's interesting because I think just by looking at it, it brings us so much peace. I want to ask you a question because why is that so? Why is it that when we see the Christmas nativity, there is so much peace wrapped around it. Because when you think about it, if we were at a time warp ourselves and go back to that moment, it was anything but peace in the natural. I mean, think about the shepherds. The shepherds were those who were the blue class, blue collar part of the of society. They were the lower class. They were the lowest of the lows. They were the ones that were left out of everything. They were left out of anything that was popular. And on that night, they'd been scared almost to death with this multitude of angels coming and singing and talking with them. And the angels even had to say, fear not. <laughs> you know, so there's anything but peace going on inside of those shepherds. And then you have the wise men, and now traditionally speaking, we tend to put the wise men in the nativity scene, but the reality is the wise men, they didn't show up on the scene until several months, even perhaps several years later when baby Jesus was older. But for them, even though these were the wise men, these were wealthy, powerful men, they had just traveled over two years to get to Bethlehem. Think about that traveling for two years to get someplace. They were following the star that was supposedly supposed to get them to see this newborn king. And so when they show up at Herod's palace, because obviously that's where new kings are born, they discover that there's no king to be seen in that palace. And so they end up in this little town of Bethlehem at the carpenter's house, this unassuming young couple and this nondescript baby. It was anything what they had expected. And then, to top all of it off, they get word from an angel that they can't go back. They're not supposed to go back to the king's palace to, to tell where the supposed king was, but they were actually supposed to go to a, a different way around. And so talk about having the authorities breathing down your neck. They then had to go another two years of traveling just to get back home. So for the wise men, there wasn't much peace going on in their life as well. And then you have Mary and Joseph the ones that are kind of central to the whole, the whole Christmas nativity and their lives was anything but peaceful. Here he had Mary who was pregnant out of wedlock in that culture of that day. She could have been stoned to death for that. Joseph marries her, even though he doesn't fully understand what's going on. He gets to the okay that the angel said, yeah, this is not a man that's done this, but this is by the Holy Spirit that this has been done. And so he goes ahead and marries this woman. Culturally, again, he would have been ridiculed because it wouldn't look like that he was the one who got her pregnant. He was the one who violated his vow of purity. And so both of them, they would have experienced a tremendous amount of humiliation and ridicule and scorn by their community. And then to top it all off, now she's giving birth in this stinking barn because there's no room for them in the end. When you look at the reality of that nativity scene, it was anything but peaceful. Every one of them were going through really messy lives and lots of problems. But isn't it interesting? Today, when we see that nativity scene, 
how it brings so much peace to our lives. And I think the reason is, is because of what the Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah describes in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, he says, for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. See, this child who was born into so much unrest, this child that was born into so much uncertainty, this child that was born into so much adversity became the one who would grow up and become the prince of peace. The one who would say, I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I choose you, I choose you, and I choose you, and I choose you. This one who would come and say, I bring you my peace. In the midst of your confusion, in the midst of your uncertainty, in the midst of your unrest, he said, I bring you my peace. And not only that, he says, I will bring you my light that will shine in the most darkest places of your life. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. It says, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family. Through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Now think about that. Because could it be that God actually had you in mind? Could it be that you were actually the focus, his focus of love? Could it be that God chose you? Could it be that this whole Christmas story is because of you and because of me? Verse 7, because of the sacrifice of Jesus' blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all of our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. Think about that. Because could it be that God would actually erase all of your misdeeds? Could it be that he actually erase all your mistakes, everything that you've done wrong? Could it be that you'd actually live a life free from guilt, free from condemnation? Verse 8, God... God thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Jesus, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. It's in Jesus that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Jesus and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and every one. And so think about that as well, because could it be that God has a plan for your life? Could it be that you're not an accident, that you're not here by accident, and that you're not breathing on this day by accident? Could it be that the only way that you're going to try finally find fulfillment and finally find purpose and happiness and joy is actually through Jesus Christ, through this incredible Christmas story that we're celebrating here? Could it be that God has been working all along, getting you here to this point, leading you to discover his plan and purpose for your life? And what an amazing plan it is. Look at this in verse 13. It's in Jesus that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourself home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. 
The signet from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and a glorious life. And so could it be that the only thing that we, that you and I, that we need to do is actually believe in Jesus, to believe in this Christmas story, this Christmas message? I remember several years ago, I got for Christmas one of those dizzying patterns of pictures where these random blots of colors you look at and it seems nondescript. You know what I'm talking about? I have one up here on the screen, I believe. Look at this here. Have you seen these before? Where you look at it and so all of it looks like these dizzying patterns, but if you'll focus behind it and actually kind of blur your eyes just a little bit, then all of a sudden, what you didn't see before, there's a 3D image that begins to poke out. And on this one, it's, a, it's an image of an angel with a book in front of his hands. Big wings up there. Is anybody seeing it yet? You're not blurring your eyes enough. <laughs> I know some people say, well, it's, you, you, there's not really anything there. You know, it's not really anything. I, I don't see anything. And some people just give up on it because it's too hard to see. But let me tell you something. It's there. There is an angel with big wings there with holding a book right in, in front of him. I want you to think about that because the interesting thing about these pictures, it's not that the picture is transformed. It's your focus that's transformed. It's not that the picture changes, it's actually your focus is what changes. I think Christmas is so much like that. Because on the surface, for so many people, Christmas is just about tradition. It's about the festivities, it's about the lights, it's about the presents, it's about the caroling, it's about services kind of like this. For so many people, that's all that they see. But I'm telling you something, if you'll change your spiritual focus, you'll look beyond and actually see this incredible, miraculous thing that God is doing. This thing that we can be a part of, that you can be a part of as well. And so this evening, I'm hoping and I'm praying that through maybe the busyness of this season, maybe as you've been focused on all the, the trappings of this season and the, the presents and the lights and the cooking and all the things that are connected with this, which are so much fun. But I'm hoping and I'm praying that you're able here this evening to stop and to look beyond those things and to change your focus and to see that there's something beyond just what is obvious and just what is natural because it's true that God has you on his mind. It is true that you are the focus of his love. It is true that God wants to bring his peace into your situations. And it's true that God wants to bring his light into those dark places of your life. And it's true that God has been working his purposes and his plans in your life all along, bringing you to this point, leading you to a place where you can discover him and his plan for you. And it is a marvelous plan this incredible plan that he has for our, for our lives. But this is something that is not just a story that we tell about at Christmas time, but something that you can actually enter into and be a part of this whole Christmas message where your story then fits into a larger story. This evening, we're going to end here by singing Silent Night. And traditionally, this is something that's a part of Christmas Eve services for centuries and centuries and centuries. But there's such an incredible message that takes us beyond just our focus of what is traditional. Because here's the thing, just a little bit of God's light penetrates your life. Just a little bit of God's light 
brings hope into your life. Just a little bit of God's light brings peace into your life. Just a little bit of God's light brings purpose into your life. It begins to change your focus. And in a very natural way, we're going to see this played out as we do our candle lighting here this evening and begin to see the penetration of light into darkness. And so I want to encourage you here this evening to take a moment to refocus, to not just look what is on the surface, but to actually look beyond and to look at this incredible plan that God had all along. The Apostle Paul is writing here in Ephesians chapter 1. He's talking about this incredible plan from the time of creation. When Adam and Eve mess up, he puts this plan into place to rescue you and to me, to rescue all humanity. It leads to this point of Christmas where God comes and invades earth. Heaven comes to earth. We couldn't ever get there ourselves, so God comes to us. And it's what we celebrate, Emmanuel, God with us. He is with you, no matter what you're going through, in the joys and successes of your life, in the messiness and the difficulty, he inserts himself right there. And that's what Christmas is. It's not about you being perfect. It's not about you having everything figured out. It's about you just simply inviting him into your life. And so I want to encourage you, let this be a visual representation of letting God into your life, letting his light shine in your life. You would stand to your feet here and let's sing this here together, Silent Night. Silent Night.